Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. Not a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. After all that room silence, what great timing for the goddamn furnace to come on. (laughs) You guys, you don't know the struggle of this man's fucking shoebox furnace. Welcome to Beer with... No, not Beer with Buffy. God damn it! I was doing so well for so long. Welcome to Ale with Angel. You can't fire me. I quit! (laughs) No, like... (laughs) I was trying to think of something clever, but, like, we're co-owners. You, you need a co-host. Yeah. Well, we, we have a joint <laughs> yeah. bank account now. Right? We may as well be married. It, this is official. It's official. <laughs> anyway, this is Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 13, She. I swear. Her. No. She, her. No. Her, Just she. Her, she. Just she. No, not Hershey. Chocolate. <laughs> I swear I've taken my meds today. I'm fine. I'm I believe fine. you. Every day I choose to believe that. As hinted earlier, folks, <laughs> you are in the midst of a great war. A war of heat. <laughs> <laughs> day 16. More like day 30. Day 30. Yeah. I woke up sweating my balls off again last night. Yeah, there have been problems with the temperature (laughs) in my apartment. The building that I live in, it has one central furnace, and my neighbor who lives in the apartment where the thermostat is has made things complicated. The enemy seems unaffected, (laughs) but I know I have to be getting to them. I have to get to them somehow. Day 19. Am I going crazy? Do they even really exist? Do I exist? Or is it just the heat getting to me? (laughs) You're not far off from how it feels. Right? No, there's been a few mornings where I've woken up to high 80s. There have been a few days where there's been no heat, and it's like 50 degrees in here. Thank you, living in Michigan. Zero heat. Um... Yeah, it's been literally jumping from 50 degrees to 90 degrees on a daily basis. And let me tell you, that does wonders for one's mental health. (laughs) And physical health. Like, that's not good for you. Yeah. Uh, More importantly, my mental health was affected because Edgar was pissed. Yes. And cats are terrorists. If your tiny fuzzy terrorist is not happy, you're not happy. (laughs) Exactly. Speaking of... I'm fairly certain one of our new Patreon subscribers has actually bought the cat naming service. Yes. You need to get in touch with us so that we can get on top of naming your cat. Yeah. I will try and remember to message you. That will, in fact, happen. In the meantime, I'm going to read off our Happy Peppy executive producer list for Beer with Buffy and Elle with Angelus subsidiary. <laughs> Thank you very much to Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes, Heaps, 
Andy Burgess, Kfro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Kelly McAdams, Shubipathic, Jesse Rain, you're the one whose cat we have to name, and Carrie Phillips. There it is. Thank you very much. That's all of our executive producers. Literally, without you, this podcast would not be possible. Damn right. And we have another iTunes review to read off here. And Rex is going to read it for you. Yes. Uh, this review, a five-star review, like the rest of our reviews, is by Pat <laughs> J.F. He's so cocky. <laughs> five-star review, <sighs> like all of them, <laughs> except for the one yeah, except we don't, we talk, don't talk about, about that one. <laughs> Pat J.F. says, my commute is complete. I just got into listening to podcasts mainly because of Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and Beer with Buffy. Second person to bring that up yeah. in a row, by the way. Beer with Buffy is great. Rhett and Jim and Edgar, well, at least you got one name right, are so funny, <laughs> yet they also point out things about the show that make you think. Edgar is especially insightful. We're listening to different cats. <laughs> While this podcast is mostly comedy, the serious moments are great, too. That's also what's great about the show. Buffy has a way of making you laugh one moment and cry the next. The nostalgic references like Ace Ventura and Hook, these guys are fantastic. Someone's listening! <laughs> oh man, when they referenced Hook, I flipped out. I love Hook. I also love Buffy and beer with Buffy. I don't particularly like the beer itself, but Heathen. the podcast is still wonderful. Not sure what I'll listen to on my hour-long drive to work when they finish the Buffyverse. Irregard Fuck you for me making me say that. I refuse. Regardless. Irregardless. Thanks for making my drive fun, Patrick. Well, thank you very much for your review, Patrick. Well, thank um, you for misrepresenting his review by not reading it as written, asshole. I read the names as written, damn it. So it was Patrick was the name? Yeah, Patrick JF. All right, thanks, Patrick. I want, I want, I want, me, 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 now, now, now. <laughs> you see, they're only telling you what you want to hear to get you to shut up, to go to sleep, or something like that. I forget. But I know that's It's been the, a little bit since I've watched that. That's I the, need to watch that again. That's definitely the only hook reference I've made, so I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know, I have a movie date <laughs> next Friday. I think we might just watch Hook. I haven't watched that in forever. When you're alone, you're not alone. <laughs> not really what? alone. The little girl in, in Hook who randomly oh. in the middle of the night is singing at the moon really breathily. God, I don't remember that bit at all. Oh, well, you will now. It's been a while since I've watched it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Everybody who was so confused, but I, I plowed through. I was like, I'm going to finish this fucking solo. But anyway, so so also, Pat, I don't. you're either a masterful troll or I want to know what drugs you're on. <laughs> Rhett and Jim. Spelled yeah. R-H-E-T-T -T yeah. and Jim. The only Rhett I've ever heard of is Rhett and Link. They're they're YouTubers. 
They do also uh, comedic music as well. Uh huh. They're they're quite entertaining. They're also like some of the richest YouTubers out there. So that's a comparison I'm fine with as well. Okay. I wasn't listening. Anyway, on with the show. I think it is time for a parental synopsis. Well, you'd be wrong. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Well, trying not to pop like bubble wrap in the hands of... Well, anyone, really. (laughs) When I was your age, I used to pop my bubble wrap five... No, ten times a day, son. As long as... As long as you're popping your own bubble wrap, Dad, that's what's important. You know, it's not all bubble wrap and cotton candy, son. Someday, you're going to want to do certain adult things. Wait, what? Have I ever told you about the birds and the bees, son? Uh, Well, I have been wondering about the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow for quite some time now. Is is that an African or a European swallow? <laughs> Are we still talking about sex and abusive crimes against humanity in other countries? <laughs> now you see, when a swallow loves a hummingbird very much, but is mistaken and it turns out to be a very large bee. I'm 36 years old, Dad. I know all about how the bee stings the stork and then it puffs up and explodes because the bee injected a baby into it, okay? (laughs) That's pretty accurate for a lot of American sex Just Just like feeding Alka-Seltzer to a seagull. Good chat, son. Jesus Christ. See, I know where babies come from. (laughs) This father-son moment has been brought to you by Ale with Angel, a beer with Buffy subsidiary. (laughs) So so on today's episode of Angel, Angel is investigating some strange burning deaths at the most unlikely of locations, the Ice Factory. (laughs) A quick peek under that leaf reveals what seems to be a cut-and-dry case of some dude named Tay from another dimension hunting down a monster that's ravaged their homeworld. Well, don't believe everything you hear, because after a little more research and ass-kicking, Angel finds a woman named Jira of the same race as Tay. Turns out they are oppressed and live as slaves under the tyrannical rule of men in their homeworld. All the women, I mean. She is a fugitive princess who is running an underground railroad to save other women like her trying to escape being unmade, quote-unquote, which is a brutal back-alley operation that saps their life force and libido... She is resistant to Angel's help, but he just can't take no for an answer when it comes to being the White Knight. It all comes to a head when the group of men find Jira's safe house, where Angel and the Scooby 2.1 advanced starter kit with all-new Wesley action figure (laughs) help save Jira and her refugees. Angel tells the men to fuck off, and they do. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Anyway, on to better things. Cold open. Yeah. Party. Cordy's throwing an epic rager. I can't imagine... Hmm? I said, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine the other tenants are terribly pleased with the noise, but I'm going to try not to be a downer about it. So, 
Wesley, of course, is hilariously and dorkily dancing his stupid face off. Yeah. Oh, God. I loved it. I loved it so much. But you know what? (laughs) You know what, Wesley? Good on fucking you. Yeah. Like, I can't dance. Dance like nobody's watching. I can't dance. Or dance like everybody's watching. (laughs) Whichever works for you. Anyway, I can't dance. Yeah. I also do not have the guts to just do it. Just go for it? Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't. Like, I just, I freeze up. I can't fucking do it. I can't convince <laughs> myself on any level. And it doesn't matter if I'm really drunk or anything. I just fucking can't. It's a kind of like a stage fright thing, yeah. I guess. But Well, I've got that over you anyway. I certainly... I mean, Angel doesn't really like that either, as we as we see in yeah. just a moment here. <laughs> but I'm definitely more on the Wesley end of the spectrum, where I will, but I will dance like a fucking idiot on purpose. Well, and just because it's funny. If you think about it, though, if you go all out in the idiot direction, then nobody judges you for it, right? Just like this woman who comes up to him and she's like, "Nice sweater," and she's clearly like trying yeah. to. She's like. Who made it? Did somebody <laughs> knit that? Is that hand knit? A little ahead of ourselves. Not much. I have a quote here, though. Okay. The opening with opening with Angel here, standing in the party, looking, you know, like Angel mm-hmm. at a party. <laughs> right. You know, he doesn't look like he's having so much fun. Looking and, like a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Cordy walks up and is like, having fun? And Angel says, sure, this is... Um, your idea of hell? Uh, Actually, in hell, you tend to know a lot of the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that that's mainly the quote that I wanted in there. I liked that. Double that quote of the clever. day, then, because yeah. mine, too. That was clever. I liked it. Uh-huh. So, Wes wants to chat up the Phillies, <laughs> and as luck would have it, a very nice one wanders right up to him. And, and then he just... <laughs> she, well, she tries complimenting his sweater and seems very disappointed with the outcome. I'm really not sure what she was expecting. <laughs> Like, you saw him dance. Yeah. What do you expect him to be smooth? Right. He's not smooth. You can see how not smooth he is from 30 miles away. Have you seen that sweater he's wearing? <laughs> yes. At this party? To be fair, it looked like quite the comfy sweater. It did look And great. I don't even particularly like sweaters. It looks like it would be a great choice of something to wear to a small gathering or a dinner party. Yeah. But not this kind of... It's it's a rager, Ooh, basically. A bonfire. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, a bonfire in Michigan, like a, a fall bonfire in Michigan, that uh-huh. is exactly the sweater to wear. Ooh, definitely. Well, Michigan in general, I think, is just quite a bit dorkier than L.A. on a whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the whole. Anyway, she's like, I mean, it's it's a great sweater. And he says, oh, well, I, I'll pass that on then uh, to the person who knit it. I mean, I would if I knew who did, but... But I don't, so I won't pass it on to anyone, will I? And she's like, oh, and walks away. And I'm like, uh, I mean, he brought the thought together. I thought that was passable. <laughs> what, was she fishing to see if it was made by his girlfriend or something? And she found out that, no, he does not have a girlfriend. Or was she just turned off that he was so awkward? What the hell did she expect? <laughs> she saw him dance. She saw that sweater at this party. I don't know what she was expecting. I am very confused by this interaction. Yeah. So. There's some really good subtle acting in this, though, outside of just Wesley. Because when she turns away, you see the look on her face. She's like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Dodging a bullet in three, two, now. 
But the whole time that this interaction is happening, Angel is just standing slightly in the background watching, very stone-faced. Somehow managing to die slightly more inside. Right, and he's just sitting there, and then she turns away. He's he's like, you're so hopeless. (laughs) You're the best sidekick I ever could have picked. Oh, yeah. There's slight, tiny little micro-expressions in his face, and it's just really fucking spot-on perfect. And Angel's? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a good actor. He does that. He's a good guy. (laughs) And then from there, we cut to another moment later in the party where Angel is talking to Laura. Yes. And I have another quote of the day here. Basically, her opening line is... Well, no, literally, her opening line is, So with my master's degree in fine arts, I was able to launch my very own business. Selling sandwiches downtown from a little cart. I'm like, yeah, why don't you just at me next time, assholes? I don't care if this was filmed several years before I started going to college. So, Josh, how's that theater degree treating you? Go fuck yourself. That's how it's going. I don't even have a small business selling sandwiches from a little cart. But I do have a small business talking into a microphone yeah. with you. You're the little cart. How do you feel about that? I feel like there's a song in that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you think of it. You must push little <laughs> cart. No, she. You don't like, play TF2, do you? I don't. Yeah. So the, this little interaction is pretty good. And it's like, holy shit, Angel is actually like having a good interaction with the person yeah on a a level of like he seems like a people yeah he's peopling holy shit he's peopling yeah (laughs) i mean he makes it very clear later in the episode he is not people no but but as doyle taught him he needs to try to be people yeah he's half people he's trying and he's just trying he has people soul kind of (laughs) yeah a new song comes on and she's like "Ooh, i love this do you want to dance and just the best thing happens. Like, <laughs> nothing this good happens again until we see Angel as a fucking Muppet, alright? This is the best thing. Oh my god. Or, <laughs> or Jensen Ackles dancing to Eye of the Tiger at the end of that one episode of Supernatural. Y'all Supernatural fans know the one I'm talking about. I know yeah, you I, don't, I know don't know what I'm talking about, clue. Rex. No. I'm not talking to you. I'm having a conversation <laughs> with my people here. Do you mind? Ex- I do. We got a podcast. Excuse me. But no, he... So she asks him to dance, and he envisions dancing. And I had to watch this, like, three times. <laughs> What, what would you call it? It was, it was just like I, a really jerky version of the I Cabbage Patch, know. I think. I don't know. He was what, dancing like, like a Muppet. I just... <laughs> the eye... Like... <laughs> seeing David Boreanaz dance like this, you know, whatever, he's an actor. Did it make you feel better? Whatever, he's an actor. They're, <laughs> they're all kind of out there weird people. But, like, the idea of... Angel himself, as the, the character Angel, imagining himself dancing like that, <laughs> yeah. just that fucking cracks me up so much. Seriously, look it up on YouTube if you're not immediately familiar or have the episode at hand, because it is the best thing. I want to know if they had to choreograph that for him or if he came up with that himself. Oh, I think he just came up I, with it himself. That felt very David Boreanaz. <laughs> it felt too authentic. It did. 
It was, oh, but the look on his face of sheer idiotic joy of dancing the way he was. Yeah. It was just. I can, just the, the day they handed him the script, I can imagine someone standing across the room talking to another producer or writer, like, are you going to tell him or am I going to tell him? How are we going to do this? Right, David! David! So, Bubba! Welcome! I How are up- you today? You're looking extra. extra sexy. What do you want? <laughs> So well, I need you to do a dance. How do you feel about dancing? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up a little bit of behind-the-scenes information about this ridiculously stupid dance, and the writer who wrote the episode Sense and Sensibility... Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same writer that wrote this episode, but he specifically wanted to put a scene of this kind of joke about angel dancing in that episode... Mm. With Kate when they like went to the bar. Oh, okay. Oh, but, that that was the one where all the cops got all emotional. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Joss Whedon didn't want to put it in there because he f- he didn't feel that it quite fit. So they actually like had this on a shelf waiting uh, for the right moment, just for a good chance for to put this in the episode. <laughs> and it, it would not have fit in Sense and Sensibility. No. But here it was perfect. <laughs> it was. It was a great way to start an episode. I laughed my, I laughed out loud at least three times in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he imagines himself dancing ridiculously idiotically. Pause. I don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I feel that anytime anyone anyone is like, "Hey, do you want to dance?" That's what goes through my head. I think I don't dance, and because that's the kind of shit I imagine myself doing. Right? Hey. It's like, no. No, I can't. It's better than not. I think Red from that 70s show said it best. He said to Eric Foreman, his son, of course, Now, son, I'm going to teach you a little lesson about life here. If you don't go out there and shake your booty, she's not going to go in there and shake her booty. Or something like that. Basically, dance or you'll never get laid. (laughs) In my defense, I don't dance. I don't have any trouble. Well, I don't know about the not having any trouble, but you have been laid a considerable amount for a mid-30s nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Women love the nerds. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's not start counting notches on her bedpost (laughs) just yet. Because that's just gross. (laughs) It's not that kind of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not that kind of people, we swear. (laughs) No, I... The next bit pleases me quite a bit, too. Angel, just the party's too much. He needs to step away. He steps into the dark, shadowy kitchen. (laughs) Where he belongs. Yes. And the chair moves out. Thanks, Dennis. He says, hi, Dennis. How you doing? The apartment ghost. (laughs) Dennis, the friendly apartment ghost. Yep. Hands him a beer, too. It's very nice. Then cut to some other place. In a freezer like with a, a coffin. I wrote down warehouse, but later we learned that it's an ice factory. It's an ice factory, it turns out. Uh, so we got some some other asshole also drinking a beer. Yep. And he's guarding this box with yep. a lock on it. It looks kind of like a coffin. Could be something else. We don't know yet. He looks like the kind of muscly guy who specifically ordered his suit jacket slightly small to accentuate that he's a muscly guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's not long before the coffin makes some funny noises 
Uh, he opens it, and some weird ethereal screeching, screaming noises start coming out of it, and a light is emanating from it, but we don't see what's inside, very much like Pulp Fiction. Excuse me, but if you have a giant box that can hold a human being, <laughs> and it says on it, hazard material, warning... Approximately a human-sized box. Yes. Yeah. Do not open. Yeah. And it starts making weird noises. You do not open it. <laughs> if you open the human-sized box, you're going to have a bad time. Exactly. Exactly. First off, he's a security guard paid to guard this thing, and he opens it with a crowbar. That is not how you do security. Seriously. <laughs> hey, got to create the conflict. <laughs> however, however you want to do it, I guess. Yeah, he sees some bright light, like you said, Pulp Fiction-esque. Uh-huh. Opening credits. Don't. Don't. No. Stop it. I will start throwing shit at you. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, I'm Damn. done. Thank you. No, I went way too far last episode. I apologize <laughs> to myself and no one else. <laughs> You're the one who had to listen to it the most. Right? <laughs> yeah. I had to edit that, guys. <laughs> Only person I hurt was myself. <laughs> I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Cut over to Angel Investigations after the opening credits. Cordelia accidentally bought a whole <laughs> bean bag of coffee instead of pre-ground. Yeah. And I'm they like, smoosh them. oh no, <laughs> you're welcome for the extra freshness. Right. Because a grinder is so expensive and hard to find. Especially in LA. But, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you think everybody gets whole bean out yeah. there. I mean, I don't think whole bean really got all that popular until more recently. I have no idea. Because, yeah, they didn't even have a grinder. I wasn't a coffee drinker then. Yeah, me either. I definitely wasn't yet. I was a few years away from being a coffee drinker at that time. Yeah. I was still in the waiting for the Stockholm Syndrome to set in phase. Like, I would go to Denny's with friends in the middle of the night and drink coffee just because they were. But I don't think anybody really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. She's like, well, they're still in bean form because he wants coffee. And she's like, I thought I ordered ground. Maybe you could just mush the beans with your vampire strength. <laughs> just mush it. <laughs> and he's just looking at her like she's dumb. Because in this moment, that's quite a dumb suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Angel silently declines. I was like, what? You don't have a bowl and a spoon? <laughs> you can fucking make that happen. If you want coffee bad enough... You're going to make it happen. Excuse me, but they have done like potions and shit. There is right. no way. There is no fucking way Angel doesn't have a mortar and pestle. And pestle. In the yeah, basement. that's exactly what I was thinking, too. Angel mentions the party and Cordy's response to that is a great quote here. She says, I'm so glad you came. You know how parties are. You're always worried that no one's going to suck the energy out of the room like a giant black hole of boring despair. <laughs> but there you were, in the clinch. 
Yeah. <laughs> that not so subtle classic biting sarcasm. <laughs> she hasn't lost a, a step. Oh God, hasn't her delivery is so good. Hmm? Her delivery is always so good. Definitely. <laughs> and then Wes stumbles through the door, and she's like, "He was more fun." Fucking Kramer-esque bumbling. Yeah, right burn, now. He's man. begging, not so subtly, for leftover food from the party. And so Angel <laughs> offers him a job because he's obviously broke. And basically, at this point, I'm just like, man, what's your motivation for coming back? You got nothing. He's just yeah. a lost puppy who won't stop coming back. But yeah, he accepts the job. If this were a cartoon, his jaw would have literally dropped to the yeah. floor. Great little moment from Cordy with this, too. She's like, oh, you're finally part of the... Looks at Angel. I don't get a pay cut, right? <laughs> no, you're fine. Of a team! Team! <laughs> uh, and then Wesley gets a little emotional. He squirts some. Yeah, he's got, he's got something in his eye. Tries to hug Angel. And... Ain't having it. No, no. Angel's not a hugger. <laughs> Courtney's like, oh, don't get all sappy. Three, two, yeah. one. And, hold me. And he's like, huh? And she's like, no, hold. And starts having a vision. A Look, vision. why don't we just, no, hold me. And it's <laughs> like, ah, that's where they were taking it. Okay. Maybe change your wording a little there, Cordy. Yeah, but that's where the joke was <laughs> for the writers. You got to indulge the writers every now and again. Right. Clearly they're needy. And we get to see... But we must make a bad joke occasionally. Yeah. Much like me. If I couldn't make my bad jokes, <laughs> I'd be out of here. And I'm just not funny enough to carry it. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I have to make the bad jokes to get to the good jokes. You just throw shit at the wall till something sticks. Till something sticks. <laughs> like macaroni. Yeah. God damn it. Damn right. So, Cordy's vision is about the ice factory and the aftermath of the security guard doing the dumbest thing in opening the box. Yeah. Uh, he gets burned to death and his eyes explode. His eyes literally pop like someone stabbing a goddamn creamer cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure that. It's more of... It's like shake some sour milk and then put it under a heat lamp. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> I just thought of that. I did not no, write that down. thank you. <laughs> so now they have to go to the ice factory on 5th downtown. Yep. Yay, corpse hunting. <laughs> this reminded me so much of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets caught under an avalanche and the park ranger is like, now let's take a quick moment to patronize the children. Hey there, little guys. Your dad's going to be just fine. All right, everyone, put on your corpse handling gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, that was a good one. It was back in the good old days. Uh, yeah, back when that show was good. Yeah. Yeah, could actually... Like even remotely good. Could actually land a single joke. <laughs> anyway... Cut to them looking at a map, and apparently there's no access through the tunnels. Yep. And they have to drive. Wes is driving. Intent he has to earn his keep now. I mean, he kind of was already, but now he's getting paid. Good exchange here, Wes says. Oh, in terms of this keep, by the by, there's no dental. Right, well, I'll floss. I'll floss. <laughs> <laughs> Cordy's like, be careful, guys. It could still be there. I felt his fear and his exploding eyeballs, blah, blah, blah. Angel and Wes fuck off. Yeah. Cut to the ice factory. 
Where, you know, at least Wesley is driving, so it makes some sense that they could take the car. Right. You know, if I were Angel, I would just get in the trunk and ride. Right. That's the safest way to do it. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But whatever, stick a bag over your head, wear some gloves, and hope I mean, that you don't go up in flames. At the very least, the windows are exceptionally heavily tinted. So, you know, that's something. I don't know. Have we seen it with the top up? I mean, in this scene, the windows look very tinted. Oh, I didn't notice. Because you can't... In this scene, you can't actually see into the car. You don't see who's driving till Angel gets out of the passenger seat. Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice at all. Um, good. Good detail. That's why we're a fucking team here. <laughs> Yeehaw! So, yeah, I didn't realize we needed a factory for ice, but you learn something new every day. Well, giant fucking freezers to make, like, bags of ice and shit. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, well. So, anyway, Angel finds the body right quick and finds a card in the guy's wallet, um, and, and it says, Peter Wilkins, private security on it. Yep. Uh, me thinks the dude dead is Peter Wilkins. Most likely. Seems like, yeah. Angel's looking around, and behind him, a figure runs past the doorway in the background. Yeah, we also see that the giant box here is full of ice. Ah, uh, yes, he does. He notices the box of ice. Angel lurks professionally around and finds the dude that ran past, and he's trying to pick up a crowbar, but Angel gets to it first. Captain Inferno, he calls him. Oh, did? Oh, yeah, because yeah, he thinks the guy burned up the, the other dude, uh, and he questions the guy, but figures out real quick he's not the murderer. Nope. His name is Tay, and he's from another dimension. Another dimension. Another dimension. Another dimension. <laughs> and he's got forehead ridges. Cause, yes. Because he's from another dimension. Discount Klingon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just a single skinny f vertical forehead ridge, though. Yeah, I guess it, it's a little bit more reminiscent of Bajoran. Yeah, they didn't... <laughs> like, <laughs> he was supposed to be Bajoran, but they missed... I would love for just once to be watching this and then actually see some, like, Star Trek makeup. Right. Like, reused Star Trek makeup or something. Yeah. Well, I guess they didn't want to use too much latex on this guy. Because no. it's, like, he's in every way human except the fucking latex on his forehead. So, whatever. So, he questions the guy. He's not the murderer. His name's Tay. Another dimension. So, he's chasing the bringer of chaos. The bringer of chaos. A vessel of pure rage. Oh, such pure rage. You ain't <laughs> never experienced such pureness in all your life. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just running with it here. Okay? Don't judge me. And then Tay fucks off. Yeah. So, after... Well, he fucks off... After he tells Angel to fuck off. Of course. It is a mutual fuck off. Yeah. And so now we know that it is more than a mirror demon. It'll destroy everything you love. So just stay away was Tay's advice. All right, then why is he chasing it? Right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If just stay away is the solution, he should have been like, oh, it's in another dimension now. Another dimension. <laughs> another dimension. It's not our problem anymore. Yeah. It's like it's gone. So, already, his story is not adding up. No. But for all intents and purposes, we don't know that. And it's like, okay, let's take that guy at his word for now. Back at Angel Investigations. You get another little snippet of Angel's fantastic drawing ability. 
as he drew Tay's face. Nice little composite sketch. Yep. Uh, and he shows it to Wesley and Cordelia. Yep. Wesley presumes that it might be a Kovich demon from the Caucasus. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> right. <laughs> Angel's like, no, it's not. He's from another dimension. Another dimension. <laughs> and Wesley's like, ah, they must have come to ours via portals. Cordy replies, portals? There are portals now? We don't need when no did they put in portals? We don't need no stinking portals. <laughs> I blame Gladys. Right? <laughs> when life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What the hell am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. That was pretty good. And that's what we do with portals, everybody. Now you're thinking with portals. Yes. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brain. My friend's brain. You're a vampire. I've been thinking with portals since yeah. I was a wee lad. Can't stop doing it. When I say wee lad, I mean like 20. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Really not much different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no stinking portal. No, we do need portals. Yes. It's the greatest game that ever I, fucking happened. Holy shit, I wish it was I wish portal guns were real. Oh, we need it would a be new, so awesome. I really want Valve to make another. I'd portal. probably break my legs so so quickly. But they've already made a new Half-Life Alex. They won't make another portal unless it's VR. Right. Those fucking But jerks. Like, please. Please VR portal. Hey, if anybody wants to <laughs> donate a thousand dollars to our podcast so that we can get a Valve Index and play Half Life Alex and a few other VR games that we're really into, the idea yeah. of anyway. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I just wanted. No, actually, please don't anybody do that. I'd, yeah, I'd feel bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> be like we've done a lot of episodes. But not enough to warrant anybody giving us that much money. Yeah, no shit. Unless it's a network. If you give us $1,000, you are a member of the pot. Like, you're coming here and you're going to record with us. You get to watch a private stream of every second of gameplay on that Valve Index. (laughs) If you do that. And then we won't feel bad. Like, if you find a way to convince us not to feel bad, we'll take your damn money. (laughs) Whatever. So he does some quick brown nosing. Wesley does. Yep. Uh, Cordy proverbially proverbially slaps his hand and gets a glare from Angel and uh, promptly gets her attitude uh, set right. And she's like, I'm on it, too. Yeah. And then so Angel sets Wesley and Cordy to do research and Angel's going to go follow up on his security guard lead. Yeah, because she's going to be looking for other similar burning deaths while Wesley figures out where the demon came from. Yep, yep, yep. And Angel fucks off to the security guy's office to find out who hired him. Outside the building. Cut to the security office. And it's obviously a different car than the car we saw before because in the previous scene with the car, the fucking front windshield was heavily tinted and in this one it isn't. Hmm. It's a little stupid continuity thing, but it annoys the fuck out of me. Right. 
Well, I think that's funny because in Supernatural, they've got that 55 Chevy Impala or whatever it is that right. they had at least six of them for different purposes. Like some of them were running, some of them weren't, and they used it for interior shots only, right. etc. Well, yeah, with any movie setup, you have to have multiple cars for diff- all sorts of different shots. It just it annoys me when, like, you know for a fact, at one point in time, on set, both cars were parked right next to each other, and no one's like, man, they look a little different. <laughs> I wonder if people will notice that. Well, sometimes they probably need somebody that's not David Boreanaz to be driving. Yeah, And so they can get shots without noticing that it's not david boreana's driving i know i know i know anyway the building is locked time to be batman angels literally spider bat vamp mans <laughs> to the rooftop to get inside they're not even trying to be coy anymore not even they're just like you know what vampire bat batman angels batman they played their whole set of balls oh, yeah. on this one yeah they're like you no know. they were just like how do you like this how do you like them apples? And it's not even a grappling gun. It's two grappling guns. One in each hand. Holy shit. It was still pretty neat, though. Oh, it was it was fucking awesome, and God, I want to do that. But... <laughs> right? I, I appreciated it, definitely. <laughs> but he Batmans the fuck up that building. The fuck up that building. And he, like, ran up the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to be young again. He is 31 when this was... 31! Yeah. Considerably older than I thought he was. Anyway... So he's rifling through some filing cabinets in the office. And doing some vandalism with a a locked drawer. Just a tiny bit of vandalism. Tiny bit. Just a little vandalism. Suddenly he gets zapped and flies across the room. I do want to note, though, that while he's digging through this drawer, he found an envelope of cash... And in oh, yeah. the envelope of cash, there was a shipping order. Oh, yeah. That'll be important later. He put the cash back in the drawer. <laughs> How do you make money, Angel? <laughs> right? Like, like the guy's dead. He's dead. And he he's dead by some sort of bad guy thing. And he had to have been there on purpose. And so that just says all sorts of possibly negative things. And maybe, maybe he deserves to have that money stolen. Or maybe he had a family that that money will go to. We don't know. Anyway, he's doing technically the right thing. But it is one of those gray area things. I'd, I'd have taken the money. <laughs> I'm too poor not to. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. It depends on uh, what I really knew of the guy in the situation. But yeah, he flies across the room because he got zapped. Seems unpleasant. Yeah. And we see for the first time who we know to be Jirush, but she hasn't introduced herself. So right. we see a young, badass-looking woman in a red leather coat. Was it red? Yeah. It was red. a leather coat and a very tight cleavage and midriff revealing top with a face tattoo over her left eye and one of those other-dimensional vertical face ridges, but on her cheeks. Yeah, she has two on her cheekbone, on each One, one on, on each, each cheek. Cheekbone. And, uh... She's fierce, man. Yeah, she she's is fierce. Not afraid to stand up to Angel at all, but she also thinks he's human at first. Right. Her first question <laughs> is, "How much are they paying you to hunt me?" And, and he's he quick, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "I work for myself, <laughs> and I'm only investigating the security guard's death." So he's very slowly reaching for a chair while while they're having this conversation, 
And I'm like, oh, really covert there, buddy. <laughs> so they both move suddenly at exactly the same time. He whips up the chair, but he's not fast enough. And she must have celerity, and he must not, because... Like, one-tenth of a second later, she's right? in front of his face between him and the chair. Yeah, because he puts the chair up, and she does this, like, spinning duck thing and goes up under the chair, and she's between him and the chair. And then fucking blasts him again, and he flies through the fucking door. Yeah. She went easy on him. Man, that, that looks <laughs> like it hurt. <laughs> so, and yeah, she, uh, she kind of opened his asshole. <laughs> and she stepped inside. And you know what she did, Rex? What did she do, Josh? She closed the door behind her. <laughs> Were there Snickers wrappers? Everywhere! <laughs> they went into a goddamn diabetic coma. The fuck is that from again? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Which you haven't watched. I tried, man. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, it's not your kind of humor. <sighs> it's smart humor. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, no, it's it's very dry, awkward humor. I, yeah, which isn't I everybody's... I cannot do awkward It's humor. not everybody's bag. Um, so, so she pulls out a cell phone. Holy shit, finally a cell phone. I know, right? <laughs> Cordelia is not the only person in the world with in the world with a cell phone, it turns out. <laughs> and she makes a call and then she leaves. And Angel obviously follows her. Yeah, it doesn't get more Matrixy than that. I really thought they were going for more of a Matrix feel than this episode ends up going into. Right. But so her conversation is four words. Yes. Where? How soon? Click. And then she fucks off. Cut outside to the street. She gets into a red SUV and starts to drive off. And in the background, we see Angel coming off the building and he just steps off the building like we've seen him do before. Yeah, he takes the shortcut. <laughs> Apparently, he can easily withstand two to three story falls. Yeah. And he only moments later steps into the scene as she drives off. I kind of liked how they did that. Like, it was very obvious that that was a stunt double. Right. And he was just waiting off camera. Yeah. It was still neat, though. Yeah, it's still fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to a driving sequence. I mean, it flows into a driving sequence. He's following her in the Angel Mobile. And uh, watch out, fuckers. He's got his own damn flip phone. Right? Yeah. But the phone number he dials (laughs) is disconnected. And and he has a low battery. Right? I loved that. So when they showed the phone screen and it showed it saying low battery, you can see the battery gauge is full. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that. I couldn't not notice it. So it, it was glaring to me. But he makes the number one cell phone mistake ever, and that is that his charger for the phone is in the fucking glove box. You know, Batman <laughs> never had to fiddle with a car charger while he was chasing the Joker. Right. What the fuck is this? Really ruining my vision of Angel here, yeah. guys. If the dancing wasn't enough. <laughs> he, he's he's fiddling like a fucking grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So he cuts off some traffic after he gets his phone plugged in. Uh, he has to make a very douchey, fast right turn to follow her. Yep. And cut back to Angel Investigations. I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. 
The phone rings, and it's Angel. Who knew? Yeah. The phone call goes a lot like many phone calls back in that day went with cell phones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason the Verizon thing was, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? I forgot. Can you hear me now? How bad it used to be, but it was actually fairly accurate. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, so much for solving so many problems with having cell phones right. in this show. Uh, but yeah, as we said, connections weren't that great back then. It cracks me up that more than half of their conversation is about the cell phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> and not the case at hand. But they do manage to exchange just enough info so that they each know what's going on, kind of. Because uh, Cordy found four other similar deaths, all burned from the inside out, all male, and from the last 11 months. Angel tells her that the it that they're looking for is actually an attractive woman. And their call is cutting out the whole time, almost <laughs> making for what one might classify as entertainment. Yes. One of the things that Angel says here is about the cell phone. He's like, these things were definitely cooked up by a bored warlock. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> but Cordelia just keeps using like weird idioms that frankly yeah. wouldn't even land right even if you could hear them properly over the phone yeah. like you need facial expressions for that but whatever she's like trying to ask if she carried him like the movie carrie and he's like what did she care about me huh <laughs> <laughs> grandma i'm a homeowner now that's great i'd like to meet the young man <laughs> no uh damn it <laughs> no, I'm not a homosexual, Grandma. I What's that? You bought a house? <laughs> I stole that from a stand-up comedian. I, whatever. They can bite me. <laughs> so, well, most of our jokes here are reference material anyway. <laughs> so, so, yeah. The, the entire show is reference material. Right. <laughs> We're reviewing another show. We have a show reviewing another show. Exactly. It's, we're fine stealing shit. Uh, he trails her to a museum, and she sicks security on him. She does. Which is quite clever on, on her part. It kind of was. I didn't buy it. Like, I think that's how people should react to a woman in distress over somebody stalking them. Yeah. That is not how they actually In reality, react. that is not how they actually respond. Like, that's not how... I don't... They might react like that nowadays. Maybe. Like, maybe, depending on the kind of person that you walked up to. Yes. If, Entirely if, dependent. Yeah, if you walked up to the right kind of person, like if I were a fucking security guard there and a woman walked up to me like that, I I would fucking drop the hammer. Ditto. Like, I would immediately be like, oh, this is on! Ditto. <laughs> well, and the other part is, this security guard is not there to protect the patrons. He's there to protect... The assets of the museum from right. the patrons. Yeah. This is not in his job description, I'm guessing. Right. But also, like, back then, I really don't think it's... Like, a secure... No. Absolutely A meathead security guard would be like, and whose problem is that? Yeah. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gotten the face tattoo, huh? Right? Yeah. So, the, but the other part I'm not buying is she said, that man over there in the black coat amidst the other half dozen or so <laughs> men wearing black coats. Right. And he was like, I'm on it. Yeah, that one. Sure. 
Yeah, what did he say in the radio? Like a code three or something like that? Yeah. The fucking museum security guards have a code for <laughs> creepy guy in a black coat. Yeah. <laughs> and Real believable, Joss. Real believable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was trying. He tried. He's like, and this is the Star Trek version of what should have happened. No, my favorite part, though, is Angel obviously picks up on this immediately because he's a fucking brilliant detective. Yeah. And he takes off his coat and he buttons his shirt up and he's about to follow her into the back room where she's headed. He must have overheard the radio or her or something. Right. Well, he does have vampire ears. Yeah. So. He, he has to have some sort of superpower other than being able to have grow some forehead ridges. Right. He's about to get busted and he, he turns around real quick and, hey guys, knowing art will save your fucking life one day. Exactly. Because <laughs> we see two more security guards that look like a stiff breeze would arouse them. But obviously Angel doesn't want to make a scene because that would just be a mess. Yep. So he does the only logical thing that one can do. Become a tour guide instantly. Go on an impromptu <laughs> museum tour speech. <laughs> Duh. But hey, he knows the art. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was just making shit up. Turns out it seemed like he really knew his shit yeah. about that uh, particular painting anyway. No, it it's fantastic because he's talking about the painting and he specifically starts talking about a poet in the painting yeah. who wrote a poem about a vampire. So he says... On the left, one spies the painter himself. In the middle distance is the French poet and critic Baudelaire, a friend of the artist. Now, Baudelaire, interesting fellow, in this poem, Le Vampire, he wrote, Thou who abruptly as a knife didst come into my heart. He strongly believed that evil forces surrounded mankind, and some even speculated that the poem was about a real vampire. <laughs> oh, and uh, Baudelaire was actually a little taller and a lot drunker than he's depicted here. <laughs> and then he fucks off because he can tell he's safe now. Yeah. Oh, it was a good moment. It was a very good moment. It was great. So and the group of people that were just standing there start clapping for right. him. Who the fuck would applaud in a museum like that, though? I would, but I'm not a stuck-up rich person. <laughs> I don't think stuck-up rich people would do that. No. Cut back to Angel Investigations, where Wesley's research has come up with the what is it, vagaries? Vigories? Vigory of Odental is, yeah. what, is what Tay is. I guess that's their race? Vigory? Yeah. Their, or species? or Species, yeah. Because they're not demons, even though Cordy well, calls them demons a couple right. of times. I mean, you know... They might be demons, on... but from another dimension. Yeah. Well, it's a question of, like, what defines demon? Right? Yeah. We, it's And that's already a very fuzzy topic yeah. in this show. Because they're already treating them as if they're just another species. Yeah. That is humanoid. But yeah, they're, they're a warrior species. They have... They're, you know, discount Klingons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, as Wesley says, they have four distinct ridges on their foreheads, are said to be fierce warriors, and their women live enslaved to them. Ah, it says the men are herbivores, they eat a thick stew made from rotting plants and flowers, and they need to consume half their body weight a day. 
So kimchi, they eat kimchi. <laughs> oh, I haven't had kimchi in ages. That actually sounds really good. I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, man. I, oh, I, I haven't had like Chinese it. since before the fucking pandemic started. I had it recently. I just got some serious fucking munchies, bro. <laughs> and I'm not even high. Wait, no, I did have some CBD oil earlier. It's not the same. Whatever. I so, can't do kimchi, but these guys these guys subsist on kimchi. All right, but you can't do spicy stuff in general. Anyway, so now we know what they're looking for. Yeah, a compost heap, a big ass compost heap. Yeah, because that's what they live. That's on. a lot of fucking food. Yeah, that is a lot. I just think it's that maybe much. if they you know diversified from eating just rotten plants, that maybe they could get a, a few more extra calories. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. <laughs> Cut back to the museum's back room. Yep. Where Angel catches up with, uh, how'd you pronounce her name again? Jira. I wrote it down, but even looking at it, I'm like, I don't know how to it pronounce it. It looks that. like Jahira, but it's yeah. Jira. They did Jira. say it a couple of times. I really like that name. It's a good name. I really like it. But yeah, she she immediately guesses that he's a vampire. Yeah, good guess. Yeah. Being that there were, like, no clues other than that he has some kind of super strength. He's not dead. Must be a vampire. Yeah. Joke's on you. He is dead. She's very knowledgeable (laughs) of this dimension, and she's only been here 11 months as far as we know. Yeah. But, so she's questioning him, or, I'm sorry, but Angel's questioning Jira, who's clearly waiting for something to happen. Yep. And they realize they're not each other's enemies per se, uh, she didn't kill the guy at the ice factory. She realizes that he's a vampire, like we already covered. Yep. Uh, she is trying to warn him to fuck off because some shit's about to go down. Because only moments later, a portal opens. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, it is neither a portal to the moon, nor does a spherical idiot robot emerge from it. And we already have an Asian woman who's a slave on the run, so it can't be Chell. <laughs> No, it actually more resembles the portal from Sliders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But we do get a naked girl that does, in fact, fall out of this dimensional vending machine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good fucking thing. We didn't have one of these in high school. Oh, God. Nobody would have ever gone to class. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. I just have to say the first thing that popped into my head is the episode of Rick and Morty when Morty God. gets the robot. <laughs> and my grandson wants the sex robot. You know, I just think it'd be cool for you know science and stuff. It's okay, Morty. We know you want to fuck it. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but that's... It's a very weird episode. Ah. <laughs> uh. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Anyway, Angel covers the naked girl with a blanket like a fucking gentleman. Probably a priceless blanket given where they are, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's in the back room. It could just be a packaging blanket. This is the art restoration room. It showed the sign on the door when she when oh, that's Jira true. entered. Well, so this is probably a priceless fucking blanket. Okay, let's go with that. Um, but And he takes a couple of logical leaps. The correct ones, of course. Yes. 
and asks what they're running from, and she's like, none of your beeswax, bruh. <laughs> yes, she says it exactly like that. That's a direct quote from the show. <laughs> I dare you to challenge me. And then Tay and his dude bros promptly enter and are dicks. Yeah. And then we have a fight. This is not really much of a fight. There was a firefight! Except it's more of a... Facey, more of punchy. A, more of a fisticuffs yeah. kind of... Yeah. <laughs> now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hit you as hard as I can right in the face. And if you don't get back up, I'm gonna run back home and say that I won. <laughs> what? Because that's how this works. Is that a quote? Are you quoting something? I'm just making shit up, man. I told you I'm not a one-trick I, pony. I can't tell if you're quoting <laughs> things or making shit up I'm anymore. Just, I'm just falling into an Irish accent for some reason because <laughs> I don't have an excuse to do it anymore because Doyle fucking died. <laughs> so give me some goddamn space, man. Oh, man. So Angel kicks Tay in the face, and it feels really nice, too. Yeah, it really uh, does. Because the quote into it is amazing. Tay's like, it's right. This is not your concern. The traitor, it, and the others are ours. If you know what's good for you, you won't. Kicks him in the face. Do that? <laughs> yeah. I do want to mention that the fucking males of this species call the women it. They Well, that comes up a lot. I think more importantly here, Angel's not as broody as he wants us to believe. No. There's there's a 12-year-old in there yeah. kicking around going, <laughs> He has too many good, clever one-liners. Yeah. Too many too many quips there, Angel. Too many quips. Like, he, I think he enjoyed kicking him in the face just enough that I'm worried that it, well, it might have been close enough to turn him back into Angelus. Like, there's a certain oh. <laughs> amount of satisfaction that would come out of that. For... He Kicking him in the face is just that much of a true moment of happiness? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they fight. Uh, dimensional bros get away with the other girl. Yep. Jira gives us a cryptic and chilling description of what's going to happen to her. She will be unmade. <laughs> yeah. Um, yikes kebabs on a donkey toboggan uh, that's <laughs> creepy uh, cut to some sort of flower shop greenhouse place and uh, the girl's name is Gee G-I yeah so she's pleading for her life and her pleas fall uh, on deaf sociopathic ears yeah and they like use these tong thingamajig she's like no no I'll be good I'll be good I promise you don't have to do this to me why does it speak when no one listens? And at that moment, see the fear that's already horrible get even worse. She's like, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, and I'm like, Jesus. Oh, this whole bit makes my fucking skin crawl. Oh, it really, really does. So, uh, yeah, they, they take these tongs. And uh, <laughs> did they make sure that they were tongy? They didn't, actually. Those bastards. They're not even doing it right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kind of like nail clipper esque, and they're designed to clip off parts of the ridges on their their spine. Yeah, imagine giant nail clippers that are double the size of your average run of the mill scissors. Yeah, like it's explained later what this is, but it's basically kind of like 
some kind of lobotomy-esque thing going on. Well, it has a lobotomizing effect. I found that the the best analogy for this was female circumcision. Yeah. Easily. I mean, yeah. It, it's very obviously about that. Yeah. Which is fucking awful. It is. Uh, it's always chilling <sighs> when they... And they make these episodes and it's like, oh, it's kind of like a sci-fi thing. But and then you realize, oh, that's very obviously just a reference to something that's happening in real life. Yeah. It's like, oh, gee, good thing this isn't happening in real life. Oh, wait. Uh-huh. They're they're so creepy. They're like, it will be restored. You bastards, no. And the creepiest line, you'll feel so much better after this. Right. God, it was like, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> <laughs> and then they clip her top spine ridge and i'm like god that looks yeah, like a really uh, important like, body I, I part get, it's makeup it's makeup they're they're cutting off just latex yeah but but like uh, yeah this whole fucking scene makes your skin crawl it just it makes you feel like your vertebrae is being clipped off yeah uh, okay <laughs> we got, yeah. Mo- moving on so angel's apartment I can't stay in this scene anymore. Angel's apartment, back to broody headquarters with sexy leather top. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Jira still doesn't trust Angel. He gives her some wound dressing. She's confused that he's a vampire who helps people. Yeah, well, yeah. gypsies have a funny sense of humor. No, specifically how Angel tells her to dress the wound. She takes off her coat and she's walking around in a leather halter top that has a cleavage window. Cleavage window <laughs> and a bare midriff yeah. the whole time. And she comes around the corner. Angel steps out of the shadows and sees her. And he says, you ought to dress that. Long <laughs> pause. Yeah. And he's like, no, the wound. That was a reference. <laughs> she's like, I'm dressed. It's like, barely. <laughs> You know, around these parts, you have to wear more than just underwear. I can't say I'm not enjoying it. Not saying I don't like it, but I'm, I've got more on that later. So, big, long expository conversation. Basically, it's all Jira's backstory. Yeah. Stop me if you have any specifics, but uh, the men of her world cut off the women's co, which is, you yeah. know, their spine ridges yeah which controls physical and sexual prowess and signals arousal she's the princess and the first female to ever escape their homeland and she's running an underground railroad for more escapees who need to hide in the ice factory so they can cool off their literally scorching red hot back ridges she's Um, literally hot (laughs) some sort of (laughs) chemical hormonal reaction when they hit puberty or whatever and so literally scorching red hot back ridges in order to control themselves uh mainly their physical power yep like when she zapped angel earlier and this whole fucking scene is just dripping with sexual tension my god don't get me started like so the actress that they got for this role is really fucking good. She is amazing. She's done <laughs> a lot of other stuff, actually. So she and the other girls who she's saving are the ones who killed the four men, we find out. And the security guard, because they were all basically rapists. Um, but it's it's unclear whether or not they were just driven mad by like a pheromone or hormonal yeah. response. So what I got from it, the way she explained it, was that 
Um, basically, this is the the female puberty that her species goes through. Yep. And when it happens, the hormones that the women put out are so incredibly powerful mm-hmm. that it makes the men go nuts. Yeah. And then the women end up killing them just because their hormones are so out of control. Ooh, it's like reverse pun far. Yes. Yeah. It kind of is. Huh. So so they disagree on the idea that she just can't go around killing people in Angel's world, dimension, whatever. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the princess. Something about a better life. <laughs> I do what I want. I kill who I want. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> no, um, it's not quite that bad. But she tells him to tell everyone else to fuck off. And while he's at it, him too. And then he grabs her to keep her from leaving and she does some weird purple energy thing coming out of her hand to his chest. And we never really figure out what the fuck that's about. She was going to cook him, man. Oh, that's, she was gonna cook oh him. that was her physical power thing. Yeah. yeah. She was going to cook him. And all the while is just breathing heavily and her back ridges are glowing red hot like fucking coals. Yep. My God, a cat in heat could not have been more clearly aroused <laughs> by Angel. They were both about to pop like a fucking corn kernel on leather seats in the Walmart parking lot in July. <laughs> She's literally hot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hot. So. I'm too hot. Hot damn. Called police and the firemen. Too hot. Woof. Also, <laughs> Jesus, for a show trying to be progressively feminist, did they have to dress this poor refugee woman in the most absolutely revealing dominatrix getup they could find? Hey. <laughs> I. Dude, there is this great feminist movement nowadays where women are embracing sexy clothes as a way of self-empowering sure i was looking i was getting around to there's that aspect as well i was also like did they want her to be trinity and uh, like there's several moments in this that felt very matrixy yeah and it was like she was trinity and angel was like neo but also it can be empowering to feel attractive flaunt it if you got it not saying i don't like it i do yes oh i do but it just seems like a refugee on the run might be more accurately portrayed in some scrappy rags or something. It saddens me. I don't think we ever see her again. No, we don't. After this episode. No, we don't. But, like, the on-screen chemistry of these two is impressive. It's decent. Like, just for the little bit of time that we get with them, both, that like... Some serious tension. Yeah. It's, oh, my. It's really fucking good. <laughs> oh, my. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, sex sells, right? It does, in fact. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, to a certain degree, I don't think that's unfortunate, but it's certainly overused. Yeah. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your main newspaper. Cut away to back to the flower shop, greenhouse place, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, Wesley and Cordy have traced this location as being the most likely to have a very large compost heap. <laughs> yeah. And they took the initiative. That's dumb. Like, okay, I can understand why Wesley would be like, no, we're going and doing this. Yeah. But 
Cordy would never go along with well, it. She's the voice of reason, though. She's like, maybe we shouldn't be looking for trouble by ourselves. I mean, she's not verbatim, but she says something along the lines well, of that. Wesley's like, oh, we need to take the initiative. Now, we see to- here, Cordelia, now that I'm <laughs> under the employ of Sir Angel, I shall be demonstrating the utmost amount of initiative. Oh, look, flowers. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Spe- specifically, oh, look, Nancy's petticoat. Oh, they're quite rare. They were named for Nancy Mitford, the author, because of her love for... Oh, right, shoving off. <laughs> It's a fun Wesley moment, I thought. Also... Not necessarily a quote of the day, but quotable. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they came here with no weapons! None! The well, fuck kind of rogue demon hunter are you, Wesley? You have no, no weapons on you? Yeah, they should have been at least planning for the event that maybe they happen upon these people. Yeah! Or demons, or whatever they are that they're looking for. Where's your axe, Wesley? You <laughs> had it when you were at the ice factory with Angel outside the car. Uh-huh. You had it when you walked into the office last episode. Yeah! Come on. Come <sighs> on. Anyway, they literally follow their noses to the back room, which smells yep. like... Flower poop. <laughs> I didn't know flowers could poop, but there you have it, straight from Cordelia's mouth. I actually worked at a flower shop, and... They can, in fact, poop? No, they can't poop. Ugh. But there are... I'm very like, disappointed. Dead flowers. When you have a lot of dead flowers, there's it, there's a certain odor to it. It starts to get a little... Yeah, meh. it's a little funky. Uh-huh. A little funky. So, yeah. I, Just I, a little bit. I believe it. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's, it's decaying organic matter yeah it wouldn't smell perfect that's for sure so wesley and cordy over here what are they fucking called again i i forget v- starts with a v yeah um vorgants or something <laughs> yeah they're vo- they're vorgants vogons vortigons <laughs> no um, they are not vogons uh, okay <laughs> well tay and his goons anyway um, and they're sending newly lobotomized Guy back to the homeworld. Yep. Uh, Tay is insistent that recovering two girls is nothing. It won't stop until they get Jira. Yeah. It's a pretty nothing scene, honestly. It, it really is. It's just a little bit of expository information. Honestly, at this point, I felt like it's making more sense now that Jira's dressed the way she is. Because now we understand that they're like seriously after her because she's the ringleader of something that's threatening their way of life. Right. So she's supposed to be this epic symbol of womanhood and power and rebelling righteously and single-handedly inciting revolution. She's the hot and modern Harriet Tubman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea behind the feminist self-empowerment wear what you want, like, ideal. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. I don't feel like that's why they did it in this episode, though. no, because progressive as the showrunners want to be, progressive as as the show could be, it it still existed in the 90s. And it was still the year 2000, the day this was filmed. And it was still on fucking Fox. On Fox. Fox has many issues in in this time period with... Of shooting shows. themselves in the foot. Well, yeah, but they had a specifically Joss had a lot of headbutting with Fox over casting mm-hmm. because there were times when he wanted to cast specific people and they're like, no, they're not hot enough. <laughs> so they had to have a super hot chick because Fox executives. Right. But 
It's also good that she is a phenomenal actor. She mind is. You. Cut to Palm Ridge Spa. Yeah. Where apparently it is Jair's hideout. Hello, yeah. hideout. I know. Shit. It's a pretty swanky hideout. <laughs> Some hippie or hipster because he probably has more money than a hippie would. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently he is the owner of said spa or seemed, something. Seemed way too young for that, but maybe it's daddy's money. Who knows? Oh, probably. <laughs> so, Have you heard him talk? It's definitely daddy's it's money. definitely daddy's <laughs> money. Yeah. So the girls that she's protecting are literally being held on ice in some tubs at this spa. Why ice? Why not? How about a large fucking walk-in freezer? I don't know. It just seems like maybe it would be more cost-effective. Right? They wouldn't have to keep ordering ice from this ice factory. And then, how would anybody get tipped off? And how would we have our epic finale to this episode? It just... (laughs) Why ice? Yeah. Maybe does Shahira just not realize that refrigerators are a thing? I More importantly, nothing. when they take the girls away, they pack them in boxes. Why not get a refrigerated truck? I guess they just don't have frozen water from their dimension. Maybe. Because she had that one line where she's like, and then I discovered the frozen water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, why are you in fucking California? You should be in Canada. That's just where the portal <laughs> fell out, man. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> Whatever. So, so many logical inconsistencies. I'm just saying. Did they take a trip somewhere, Rex? Did she go down to the corner store and make a stop somewhere? I don't know, Josh. Did she, Rex? Did I'm waiting for you to pull out a plot hole emporium. I don't. I can't. You do seem that. pretty hung up on it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not that good at improv. Fine. So she wants to move them somewhere else because it's only a matter of time until the brosifs of her homeland. Hold on. Something very important happened here. A kind of quote of the day from this dude who I don't even know his name. They come into the room. All the girls are, are laying there in ice. She sees them and she's like, how are they? And the dude responds with, they're chilling. Oh my God. Because they're on ice. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. So she wants to move them somewhere else because it's only a matter of time until the brosifs of her homeland find them. So they need to keep moving. Yep. Mm -hmm. Apparently this dude knows some shaman out in the desert. Because let's go out in the desert where there's probably ice. Something about some guy that can never say no to scantily clad women. Well, he's making kind of a joke, and obviously she does not respond well to it. And his fucking line, he's like, you really ought to let me massage your mirth chakra so (laughs) she can develop a sense of humor, I guess. At which point, we all just wanted nothing more than to see him get punched in the face. Yeah. And the show does not disappoint. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. But we have to wait a minute. Nope, because we got to go back to the flower shop. (laughs) Cordy and Wesley are lamenting that they can't reach Angel on his cell phone. Yep. Wesley's like, still no answer. (laughs) Cordy says, You'd think a guy who knows how to use an ancient Scythian shortbow could figure out how to use a cell phone. I just really like that line. Right. Also, 
Scythian short bows are beautiful fucking short bows. They're uh, bows specifically designed to be used from horseback. Oh, neat. Gorgeous. Gorgeous craftsmanship. Perhaps I shall see one someday. But this is the line that reminded me of my grandma. Can't get her to keep the damn thing on, her cell phone. But she's <laughs> she's like, but then I'd have to charge it every day. And I'm like, welcome to civilization, grandma. <laughs> I charge my phone every day. Well, I mean, I've got one that holds charge for three days if I want it to. But I still charge it every day. Yeah, you just, plug it in at night next to your bed. Exactly. That's how it works. Just have it. So Cordy and Wes try to run for it, but they're pinned back into hiding because Tay and some other douchebag uh, enter the scene and they get word of some sort of shipment of ice to a weird spot. And they know immediately that that must be where the girls yep. are because nobody else orders ice on a regular basis. Why don't basis. they hang out in a meatpacking plant? That would work. Oh, my God. And no one would suspect they're in a meatpacking plant because that there's no plants there. Ice was the first solution they found. That was must be the only solution, apparently. It makes no sense. <laughs> I can't get off it, okay? Clearly. Anyway, we cut back to the office where... Angel had to take a shower. Probably a cold shower. Yeah, it it definitely would have had to have been a cold one. (laughs) Which would explain why he wasn't answering his phone. Yeah. It was a very long shower. It would have been a short shower for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, specifically the look on Angel's face when he's like, I had to take a shower. Like, oh, you had to, quote, shower it's Uh angel the (laughs) masturbating vampire come on down to angel investigations where he's got some meat in his fist and he's jerking it at you angel investigations the masturbating vampire (laughs) (laughs) where the fuck did that come from Straight out of my ass with all the Snickers wrappers, boss. <laughs> we need to get you a bluegrass band. Goddamn. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I completely lost my spot in my notes. So <laughs> give me a moment. <laughs> I'll bring it up. Hang on. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring him into the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you. So Angel and Wes tell Angel what they overheard. Angel finds the address <laughs> of the ice delivery place in <sighs> the, the, the place where all the... <clears throat> ice is being delivered to in like 1.3 seconds yeah he's putting on his coat as they walk out the door and he's he's putting on his business coat (laughs) yeah it's business time (laughs) and wesley's like now see here you damned beautiful but silly dumb brute i daren't say we shan't be jumping into the hornet's nest all willy-nilly angel responds here is the plan we go in i start hitting people hard in the face See where it takes us. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. It sounds like Angel's 
rustic manly soap bar and manicure set hails from the Plot Hole Emporium. <laughs> Welcome to the PHE. Running short on time in your app? Wasting too much time on languishing search scenes and unnecessary backstory from your oversexed one-off femme fatale slash damsel in distress? For the low, low price of a dopey, useless Englishman and one masturbating vampire... <laughs> You, too, can throw caution to the wind and simply send your main characters conveniently careening into danger with no plan whatsoever, as long as your hero says something decisive and hard-ass sounding. You could be the next Get to the Chopper, or even Rhodes. Where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. And who could forget? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! Now get up off of your lazy plot and come check out our even lazier holes. <laughs> he is Angel, the masturbating vampire. <laughs> no, seriously, I need a moment to kind of catch my breath here. <laughs> my chest hurts (laughs) (laughs) fuck (laughs) deep breaths Okay. All right. Cut over to uh, the spa. Yeah, I can't do that. Right I now. know. <laughs> I wasn't even going to ask you to. <laughs> so the car pulls up to the spa. Hey, Angel keeps having Wesley be on lookout. And I find that hilarious. <laughs> uh, but he puts Wesley on lookout and Wesley falls out of the car. He, he, yeah, he leaves them out there. Wesley and Cordelia, so he can get a warning when the bros show up. It's a really good fall. He is the picture of coordination and grace. What's the actor's name again? I can never fucking remember. Alexis Denisov. Yeah, Alexis Denisov. He does some good pratfalls. Definitely. Because he did one while he was uh, at the party. Oh, right. And then he does the one here. And he does and another he does one, one later at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. he does some really, and it's definitely him. It's not like they're trying to fucking have a stunt double or anything. Oh like yeah, that. he yeah. just does pratfall. He's on par with Nicholas Brendan's pratfall in episode one. Oh yeah, definitely. My first car was a convertible, and I got in and out of it without opening the doors all the fucking time because <laughs> that's what you do when you have a convertible. Why wouldn't you? Uh, it makes you look cool. I've done exactly what he does here, and let me tell you. It hurts. It really hurts. I believe you. Because there is no way if you put one hand on the car and you go to t- throw your feet over and your feet catch, <laughs> you only have the one hand to catch yourself on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't go well. Oh, yeah. Because you don't instinctively let go of the car. So you immediately swing, like you swing around and you kind of hit the car and the road. Yeah. It's very painful. And it's very good pratfall. I very much liked it. <laughs> so inside, Angel finds Jira, not before threatening an annoying hippie. He makes it past the hippie. He's like, look, fucker. She's in trouble and I need to help her. And he's like, oh, my God. Okay. You know, as much as we found this pleasure of 
this proprietor of the spa, methinks he's a disciple of Reeves. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. He absolutely is. Uh, I mean... He, he's got the exact level of uh, attitude that you'd expect from someone who worships the great Keanu. <laughs> so, I offer no ill will. He has the speed of Keanu. Yeah. The Reeves is with him. Indeed. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so he tells Jira the men are coming for the girls. She knows already, but she's expecting them not quite this soon. And she's planning on moving them in the morning. Uh, not soon enough. Yep. Angel's going to help her whether she fucking wants it or not. And immediately Cordy and Wesley come in and they're like, well, they're here. Fuck you. Let's go. And I'm like, how are you going to make money, Angel? This is not a solid business plan. This is why he should have taken the money in the fucking security guard. She's not going to pay for him. Yeah. It's like washing somebody's window and then asking for money. You just don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, lots of people do it all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose they could always just rob the hippie guy. Because, you know, as I said earlier, he's more of a hipster because he's obviously got money. He should have just taken the money from the security guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm more and more on board with that the drunker I get. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley and Cordy run in, giving warning. They're already here. That was quick. Yep. Uh, Angel sends the hipster dude back out front while Cordy and Wes m- move the girls. He has the dude go out there and, like, he's going to be able to stall him for very long. He tries valiantly. Yeah. It is a valiant effort. But... and he gets so punched in the face. He d- yeah. He's like... He's like, like you guys. <laughs> How about a red clay massage? <laughs> we have hands to heal, brother. <laughs> right in the face. I love that when he gets punched, the camera's at a way high angle like the cameraman was up on some balcony or something yeah you're looking down in the room and you can see when he gets punched he lands with his head on a pillow and he's just kind of like laying there like he's been taking a nap (laughs) i didn't notice it's like handy that there was a pillow there (laughs) yeah i wonder how it got there (laughs) so outside where they're taking the girls there's these conveniently located alternate ice coffins and uh (laughs) handy that Angel and Jira wait back in the other ice tub room to ambush the bros. And uh, Wesley is all sorts of Twitter painted over these women. Oh, dear. And this confirms the theory that, like, because Wesley's not a creep. No. He's made some poor decisions in his day. Yeah. But he's not a creep. And so this confirms that it's definitely the hormonal, pheromonal response. Yeah. That he's experiencing that has just turned him into a blithering idiot who's like can i you use this very becoming outfit on you can i just get one kiss please yeah down boy (laughs) nope need a chair and a whip yeah which thankfully that's cordy's job yes she takes care of that part does very well yeah um then we cut back to the fight that's happening in the like spa room it's very dark in there too which i thought actually helped the fight quite a bit probably yeah definitely made them not expect it there's this great fucking moment in the fight though where jahira throws a dude and angel kicks him in the air (laughs) oh i missed that that's neat (laughs) it was fantastic 
And I think it really worked best because the lighting was pretty shitty. Yeah. So, like, you didn't need great detail of it. I really enjoyed the fight. The choreography they have here doing with the fighting is fantastic as well. Yeah, it's usually very impressive, but also just a good spot for me to relax on taking notes. So then uh, Wesley and Cordelia uh, run back to the tub's room where they're immediately taken hostage (laughs) and held in exchange for the girls. And they're like, either we get the girls back or these humans die. And Jira's like, and? Okay. I guess they're going to (laughs) die. And I can't say I blame her. No. Because she doesn't have any attachment to Cordelia and Wesley. And turns out they can handle themselves anyway. Yeah, like, they were they were hard air quotes kidnapped. Kidnapped, yeah. Because immediately when Jahira walks away, they're like, oh, I guess we may as well fight and kick their ass. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> Elbow to the stomach. Yep. They're being held in a very poor headlock, apparently. Yeah. They get away super easily. Tay runs after Jahira. Because she ran for it and she gets blindsided and nearly gets her ridges snipped by Tay and one of his goons. Yep. But Angel saves the day. (laughs) I am Batman. I mean, I'm Angel. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty sure Batman's a billionaire. Yeah. I don't have any money. I am no. Very, I am very broody. Though. I do not understand how you're paying your people, <laughs> Angel. <laughs> and I killed my own parents. So <laughs> he did, in fact. Didn't yeah. He? <laughs> uh, and, and, but Angel rolls a twenty for intimidation here. Right. He takes the one guy in a <laughs> equally poor headlock. Right. And lets Zira run off and get in the truck and drive off. And Tay is like, "You don't understand our ways, human." Angel responds, no, I don't. Vamps out, and I'm not human. Now, if I were you, I'd grab the next portal out of here. Got it? <laughs> if I were you, I would act like a tree and get, get out, out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> McFly! <laughs> Hello? So, back to the office the next day. Time for some wrap-up. Yay! Wrapping it up! Having the safe sex! (laughs) So, Angel attempts to moosh the beans! (laughs) Comes back to this age-old unground coffee puzzle (laughs) where the mushing doesn't quite work out so well. Fucking beans everywhere! Just gives a little squeeze (laughs) everywhere on the floor. Wesley, of course, immediately walks in and trips and falls on them yep. like a fucking cartoon. Yep. And <laughs> I dare say, my fault entirely. In fact, no, I, I'm sorry. Please don't fire me. I'll hand wash every bean. I, I have his whole line because it's fantastic. Not to worry. My fault. I'm sure. Really cagey little brutes, aren't they? I'll wash them, if you like, individually. They'll be just as good as new. <laughs> Individually. Oh, God. (laughs) And Cordy's like, wow, groveling isn't just a way of life for you. It's an art. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, please don't fire me. Please don't fire me. I didn't mean to get held hostage. I I, I assure you, I don't often get held hostage. Not often, but he didn't say never. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey, don't make promises you can't keep. Exactly. But Angel assures him that he's not going to fire him. Yeah. So he's fine. 
but he still grovels and he still kisses ass just the best. It's a Kodak moment. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) So now Jahira's back in the picture. She shows up in the doorway behind them. And Cordy's just a little bit butthurt that Jira ran out on them while they were in trouble. And, you know, that's fair. it's, It's kind of fair. Cordy's like, oh, look who's here. Can I get you something? Knife to our throat so you can run away? I appreciate her biting sarcasm, regardless of the legitimacy. Right. I mean, <laughs> so more on that in a moment. Angel steps aside into his office, into his office office with Jira. Yes, the office office. And he gives her a stern talking to for endangering Cordelia and Wesley mm-hmm. that, frankly, I don't think she deserved. No. She was in no position to help them. She would have risked the safety of her girls that she was trying to save. She could have fought the men with them, I guess, is really where they're coming from with this. But still, it was not her fault that those men were after her, nor the angel, Cordy and Wesley, chose to come help her, even though she made it clear she didn't want help. And honestly, from her perspective, and the fact that, like, given her goals and the situation... It kind of, in my opinion, falls into a no harm, no foul sort of circumstance. It really does. Like, they undertook the risk knowingly. Yeah. They're not Jira's responsibility just because they're innocents. They had no obligation to be there. They volunteered. Yes. Like, that is part of the fucking job. Yeah. You don't show up to help somebody and then guilt them for not cooperating properly. Well, I know plenty of people who do that. (laughs) But they're assholes. But you shouldn't, because they're assholes when they do that. And Angel's being kind of an asshole here. But she handles herself just fine. She's like, I'll do just fine without you as my second conscience. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm far too attracted to you, and I must away. Yep. She's literally hot. She is on fire. She is not literally on fire, though. I didn't say literally. I'm just saying, I'm stating, Okay, you know, I'm just clarifying for the audience. Making sure we're on the same page. I mean, she might as well be. It looks like right. she could light a match with oh, those dude, like, spine ridges. The fucking heat waves are just flowing right off her. Wow. Yeah, so they, they get another quick moment of the hot sweats. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, menopause comes so early for some. And then we cut to <laughs> the most important scene of the entire episode. You didn't even get that, did you? I didn't. <laughs> Go ahead. I said, man, menopause comes so early for oh, God. hot flashes. It was a hot flashes joke. It's quite the opposite. Uh, I'm sorry. But it's- then then we cut to probably the most important scene of the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> the the fucking amazing closing credits. Yes. Yeah, it's this-, <laughs> this is the first time they've ever done like a, a credit closing thing i think there was one other time but i can't remember precisely what it was they fucking cut to more footage of david boreanis and alexis denisov dancing like sheer happy joyful idiots happy happy (laughs) happy happy happy. joy joy fuck you (laughs) fucking hate yeah just Awesome little montage of them doing the stupid dance some more, and it was worth it. Worth it. 
You were in the bathroom when I finished the episode. Did you hear me I, out here for like 20 minutes laughing? I did hear you laughing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I just, I couldn't, it was so fucking, I didn't expect it. Yeah. I didn't expect it at all. Especially because it's such a, it ends on such a serious moment. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking out of the blue. It was great. Gerarg. Oh, Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in the give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? How'd you feel about this episode? I felt pretty okay about this episode. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. This was way better than the last two. It's a considerable <laughs> improvement, especially from expecting. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, there was actually kind of a plot to this one. <laughs> no, there, like, there was the, a little bit of intrigue and mystique. Some new characters. For fuck's sake, a good one-shot character. Mm. Like, yeah. Jahira, excellent actor, fucking great screen presence yeah i think my only criticism is that she was oversexed for the wrong reasons yeah for the sake of oversexing her not as an empowering thing i think they could have also done a little bit more with the men tay and and his henchmen yeah um they could have been scarier right i mean they had the one really good creepy-ass fucking skin-crawling moment. Yeah. But they didn't really go... They should have gone a little bit further. Yeah, they could have raised the stakes a bit. Yeah. I don't want to dive too deep into coming up with examples. Oh, no. No. (laughs) No, I don't... Like, I don't personally feel comfortable taking my brain to a place remotely like that. That's just gross and weird and uncomfortable. I mean, I think they did fine... I don't think they really had time to flesh out those guys a little more without making this a two-part episode. Right. But Angel and Wesley dancing alone made this episode worthwhile. Yes. Yes. And it kept it from being... It could have been a very overly heavy episode with this particular subject matter. But having the opening party scene and then the way the wrap-up worked, I think, worked great. Uh-huh. Um, I think... This episode especially showed us how good having Wesley on the show as the comedic break works. The few moments where he does something stupid and goofy, Mm -hmm. breaks the tension at exactly the right moments where it needs to be broken so that this episode didn't feel so fucking heavy. Yeah. And it also had an important message. You know, don't abuse women because you don't fucking own them. Yeah, they're not fucking property. This is a real struggle that women are having in third world countries. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's so fucked up. I don't even want to fucking think about it at the moment. Yeah, I know. But no, I think I think it was a pretty damn good episode. I think it's another time where it really kind of felt like they wasted such a good character that like we won't see again. I know, right? But, I mean, you remember Angel's sire that they killed off from two episodes ago, right? I I felt bad because I went back and I listened to it and I said, I hated this character. This was a horrible one-off villain. Well, I want to redact that statement. I didn't hate him. I just thought he was wasted on that episode. Yeah. 
they showed us some strong, cool powers and gave us this whole new character that they could right. have done so much with and then they wasted it. When, and that's all I meant by it being terrible. And I kind of feel a, similarly about Jira yeah, in that, this episode. Uh, she felt like she was being introduced to come back later on the show, but she never does. Right? Yeah. I and looked it up. I was like, is she a recurring character? No. She'd be a really good fucking reoccurring character. She would have been. And the fucking other vampire. Bring him as a villain for a two-parter or something, you know? Like, the only reason I have an issue, really, with these episodes where you have these great characters and they're kind of wasted on just a one-shot is we have episodes like Expecting that is just a fucking wank-off of an episode. Somebody needed a break. Yeah. Is what happened there. It Like... Come on. Yeah. In the end, I really enjoyed this episode. Kind of waste of, of a really great character with not quite enough of a solid story, but I really enjoyed the episode. So you had said that she was in a bunch of shit? Yeah. Like, Her name is Bai Ling, and let's see, just off the tip of the iceberg here... She was in, uh, just looking at her IMDb page here, Bai Ling is recognized for unbridled freedom and creativity. Bai Ling has become undoubtedly one of the world's most diverse and captivating actresses. Born in the city of Chengdu in southern China. I'm not going to read the whole biography yeah. here. But known for Red Corner, The Crow. She was in The Crow. Crank High Voltage. That's where I fucking saw her before. I love the movie Crank. Never seen it. I'm looking for something I actually recognize here that she's done. There was The Crow, anyway. Yeah, damn. She's been in a lot. She's been in a lot of shit. She did one episode of Lost. <laughs> she did uh, two episodes of The Wild Thornberries. <laughs> I fucking loved The Wild Thornberries. I did, too. Anyway, she's been in a lot of shit. Look it up if you're interested. I'm not going to sit here and list off her entire no, definitely not. filmography. Uh, what's your quote of the day, Rex? Uh, I I really wanted to like pick a serious one, but none of the like serious quotes really jumped out at me. Uh-huh. I I have to pick I don't dance. Okay. <laughs> not because it's a particularly good line or anything like that, but just that moment where in his head, he's dancing like a goddamn idiot, and he's just very stone-faced. I don't dance. <laughs> it, it's a corny pick, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. What's your quote of the day? I think the line I enjoyed the most was Angel's line, Here's the plan. We go in, I start hitting people. Hard. In the face. See where it takes us. Just because it was simultaneously so badass... <laughs> and also so reckless and stupid <laughs> that it couldn't have ever possibly actually worked. Right. But it was just fun. Yeah. So that's my quote of the day. Excellent. Yeah. Well, there it is, guys. That's been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. No, seriously. That is the number one way that you can help us. As of this episode, we have once again run out of reviews to read here on Ale with Angel, we would very much like to read some more. We want to hear from all of you who have not yet written reviews for us on iTunes. That would be great. 
If you'd like to support us by buying our merchandise, you can do that. We have a place for that. It's called the internet. Just type in store.beerwithbuffy.com. We have mugs, we have t-shirts, stickers, and hoodies. And as of this recording, we officially have, per Josh's dreams, a zip-up hoodie with the big logo on the back. What? When did you do that? Just today. Awesome! That's fantastic. <laughs> this is the first time hearing of it. Exactly. Thank I was, you. I did it today, and I'm like, I'm going to wait till we're on the podcast It's like to Christmas them. came early. <laughs> I even got a new pair of headphones today. It's even even says in the description specifically that just to because you wanted it. Well, that is spleen-tastic. So, if you... <laughs> If you'd like to support us financially without buying our stupid crap, you can head over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. We have a cat naming perk for $5 a month and a buy us a beer perk for $5 a month where we don't name a cat for you. It's your choice. Or just throw us a dollar because every little bit helps. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can always leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that number. Huge shout out to JJ Treadway. Thank you very much for our opening and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. You know... It's these sorts of times that I kind of wish this was a visual medium because we'd like put dancing here, but we can't. Insert me and Rex dancing. Record scratch. Disco's dead, man. You don't like the color? You have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to. done why are we watching this <laughs>